everyone, and welcome back to the Class 1A podcast. My name is Andrew James Green, and alongside me, I have James Graham and Dylan Beale to break down everything that happened in episode 13 of season 5, My Hero Academia, titled Have a Merry Christmas, because Christmas in June, right, boys? Yeah, of course. Why not? It wasn't even like, it wasn't even that much of a Christmas episode either. Like, it was... Wasn't it wasn't the main focal point at all? Well, Christmas I mean, happened in the episode. Yeah, 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 that's true. I'd say the last like six, seven minutes was all Christmas stuff, and the moments we did get were really, really good there. And I'm just saying this now. I am just pre putting this out there way ahead of time. We do the plus ultra word every single day. You two are gonna have to convince me not to give it to Erie again. Oh I'm putting gosh. that out there right now. The energy's there. She was prepared for every holiday out there. So you you're guys gonna have see me like, like you're gonna see me like writing down throughout this whole episode just so I can get my thoughts together on why you should not get it. Yeah, I'll, I'll give you a second before we go to the plus ultra to pitch me against it. But do you guys have 20 minutes to change my mind right now? She was that much cuter this episode than last episode. I don't even need to think about it. But overall, what did you guys think of this episode? Um, I like. I mean, it was it was good. I think I think we got a lot of like good information. Um, it wasn't anything like crazy that happened. Like, I mean, there was some crazy stuff, but it wasn't like, again, like it's hard to like separate this from the battles we are still kind of coming off of. Right. That's, that's kind of hard for me, but overall, like decent episode. Yeah. I really liked it. I thought this was like a really good, like transition episode. I think this is like the epitome of what it should be to be like a transition episode in like shifting arcs. Cause it had really good setup to the next arc. Um, it had good, like lore building. Like there was some like grander stuff that they alluded to there was like small like skits throughout that were pretty entertaining and then of course like the the christmas stuff at the end um that like kind of grounded it in like oh yeah it's christmas time like we live in an actual timeline here and it's like progressing forward um so i thought it was really good actually yeah and speaking to this being a transition episode it's literally the last episode we have the current opener and closer so next week we go into new arc we'll talk about all this a little bit later on but they dropped a new trailer for next week and all this so this was the epitome of what a transition episode kind of could be kind of one it's half kind of lighthearted and fun, but also a majority of the rest of it, either talking about kind of world building stuff and what's going on outside of UA and literally the next arc and what's going to be happening there. So we'll be able to dive into all of that later. But before we do jump into the recap and then get our full thoughts and recap and everything that's going on, if you guys enjoyed this video or are looking for other My Hero Academia content, go and check out the class one, a YouTube channel. It's class one, a pod. You're probably watching right now if you're already on YouTube, so make sure to subscribe, like, leave a comment, and all that. Otherwise, if you're over on podcasting platforms, we are available on every single podcasting platform. Uh, Spotify, Pocket Cast, Apple, Google, whatever you use, we are going to be there as well. And leaving five stars over there always helps a ton. Or if you're a podcast listener, stop your car, go subscribe to the YouTube channel. Your YouTube channel, as you watch on the YouTube channel, pause the video, go five-star the podcast. It all works the same. We're all in it together. Just remember that. High School Musical, boys. But let's jump into the recap for episode 13, which starts off with a flashback to nine days ago, where we see a large section of Deka City being destroyed and Shigaraki standing there bloodied and looking absolutely beyond happy and almost like a free look. Bakugo and Todoroki are being interviewed for the work they did in order to stop the Cider House gang, Last episode, right after getting their license. Bakugo's whole part of the interview is cut out because, well, he's Bakugo. And even though Todoroki's answers were horrible as well, Bakugo's were worse. 
So I think this is going to be a really good meme format throwing out there right away when everyone's laughing at Todoroki. But again, just a really fun moment there. And then we do go on to getting a little bit more information on Deka after seeing the interview between Todoroki and Bakugo. And also get an idea of how society is currently hearing, seeing heroes. They're not blaming them and criticizing them as much as they used to be, but instead cheering them on more even with the situation in Deka City just happening. And Uraraka believes that the look boy helped them change to see how people are, but we're kind of at that critical point of this change in the masses and how they interact with heroes. Midnight and Mount Lady show up, as well as Aizawa in a brand new sleeping bag, because now it has arms and legs, if you guys didn't notice that, which is pretty awesome. But they are here to give us a media breakdown. Pretty much everyone in the class was actually pretty good interviews. They show off their powers a little bit, talk about the hero name and all that. But pretty much Shoto doesn't understand joke. Bak goes as aggressive, and Deku can't talk about anything but the small details behind his quirk. So, of course, the big three of Class 1A are all actually useless in media situations. Deku tries to use Black Whip while continuing to monologue about unlocking and locking the power. And all that we see that it comes out is a small wisp, but it's still more controlled than he had previously. And just remember, size doesn't matter. Right, boys? No? Not a good one? Proceed forward, please. <laughs> we are... just keep, keep going. We see that All Might has barely been sleeping recently, studying and writing notes on all of the powers from the previous one for all holders, taking a page right out of Deku's notebook, pretty much, of just way going over deep and spending a lot of time analyzing quirks. The teachers are discussing how the Hero Commission is heavily encouraging slash somewhat forcing UNA to reinstate work studies, basically admitting that they need slash want more heroes in the field, which they believe is part to do with the League of Villains, and part that the Hero Commission has information that they're just not sharing with anyone and is more or less preparing for something big happening in the future. Um, There's a short conversation about the Trader UA, kind of writing out that they don't believe it's any of the kids at a minimum, but they all have a heart of a hero and blah, blah, blah. But this is the first mention, I believe, in like two seasons of the Trader. So it's at least good to see that that arc or kind of the thread is still continuing on. The rest of the episode is mostly just a Christmas celebration. Everyone's talking about where they're going to do their work studies. We see that Best Genius is officially missing. We haven't seen him in a long time, but now he's actually missing. And Eerie shows up being even cuter than last episode. And as the episode wraps, Todoroki invites Bakugo and Deku to work alongside him at the work study at Endeavor's agency, setting up the next arc, which will be called the Endeavor Agency arc, if that wasn't very clear. So again... Like you guys kind of said at the beginning of the episode, this was all over the place. We have a couple of bigger topics, but any of the kind of more fun things, any moments that really stood out for you guys in this episode, what would be your just initial impressions that now we can kind of talk spoilers on them? James? I guess, yeah, I kind of want to like, I know it's at the very end of the episode, but it was one thing that just kind of like stuck with me immediately is the musical number during the Christmas celebration. Like, yeah, I was, absolutely. I, I didn't know. I didn't know what I like to make heads or tails of that. I, I like I was like, is it am I into this? Am I feeling this? Like, I don't so know. I, maybe, I know why it was so jarring. I instantly know why it was so jarring Wait, because it was, was in English. That's why so that is also true. It was in English and that threw me right off. But yeah, is Easter celebrated in Japan. I. Some people probably do because it's a Christian holiday, and there's some like there's there's a population of Christian people there. Okay. So I would assume. I just so. didn't know if it was a big holiday or not because that felt weird for me too. That was jarring for me. I didn't realize anything about like the music. I didn't hear that in the background, but the Easter eggs kind of being pulled out, I thought was just kind of a little weird for me that I kind of caught me off guard. But besides 
the jarring music. Is there anything else in this moment? Possibly Shigaraki destroying an entire city. Or no. Oh yeah, that's, that's right. Commission. One of the main villains showed up. Yeah, I, I totally forgot. But no, um, I, I don't know if you, you all noticed this in the moment, um, but his animation, like I guess because we haven't seen him in a long time, like they just Different. like slowly kind of up, update the animation. Like the lines around him were like super, super thick. Yeah. Like like and, and like heavily like heavy heavy black. Um, it was awesome. He looked incredibly scary. He looks a yeah. lot older now too. I mean, we kind of got a glimpse of him in Heroes Rising, and I think that the lines were a little darker. He seemed just a little bit more menacing here, but definitely this one covered in blood, no shirt on or kind of torn off shirt after just destroying what looks like a good chunk of a city. I definitely think along with that, and then the Hero Commission obviously trying to get work studies back going is setting up that I think the League of Villains are finally going to be coming back into it after a good season and a half, two seasons. We got a little bit of them last season, but not enough. Yeah. Am I, okay, am I crazy? Or was, or was his hair blue-ish? It was, it was, like it was blue. not, yeah, it wasn't. It was blue, like his, full white. It was like full white in the scene, I'm, but like it was blue, right? Like bluish. It, it had like a silvery bluish tone to it. But yeah, that one, like, yeah, I actually like had to do a double take because I'm like, is this the same dude? Like, is this the, like, just because like hair, hair, hair color usually is like a big identifier for a lot of characters, right? With him, like, yeah, it almost looked like it shifted a little bit. Maybe we've just been watching the show too long that we're like hyper analyzing like these little details being like, this is this is a massive change. They, they, they used a different form of white for his hair. He used to be white two fifty seven, and now it's two ninety four. I, I think he looks sick as fuck, and the white hair looked good. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. It looks super cool. Shigaraki, sure. I think, is going to turn into the villain we've wanted him to be instead of the game the gamer child who was just throwing tantrums. I, like I like him as the gamer child. He's I gone mean, from the gamer to the doomer, man. Like he's he's full transition. He's full, good. Full, full cycle. Eh? We're we're almost there. So. Obviously, there wasn't too much there. I mean, obviously, we'll talk a little bit more about kind of Hero Society and where we think this is kind of going in the future, but we didn't get too much Jigaraki. And instead, a majority of the episode really was about this kind of interview. And and I thought there's a lot of really fun moments there. I think a one thing to even kind of talk about there um, is the hero names and how few we kind of really remember. I know I'm kind of jumping around between topics a little bit, but... I did not remember anyone but Sugar Man. <laughs> Sugar Man is the only hero name I remembered from Class 1A. And Zero Gravity. Hey, no, that's not even her name. Is it's not even her Uravity. name. Uravity. Uravity. Yeah. yeah. It, it's really uh, kind of bizarre because, like, some of the characters, we know them just because of their names. And it's, like, always in class and stuff. But, like, for Mina, right? I instantly know that, like, wait, is she Pinky or Alien Queen? Yeah, I know. It's I, so, yeah. I actually don't know what her hero name it's is pinky. between the two. It's Pinky. It's Pinky. Okay. Is it Pinky? Um, she thought, wanted yeah. Alien Queen. It was shut down. So she's okay, gone that's with right. Pinky. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, but yeah, like I, I kind of like know hers a little bit in like Sugar Man, but like Ingenium, Ingenium. Yeah, but like yeah. it's weird because they never really use their hero names. They mostly just use their like actual names or like nicknames, which sometimes which are just their hero names, like Deku's. Might be yeah. kind of done on purpose in this episode. Because obviously with everyone going back to work studies, they're not going to call them Momo and Mina and all that. So like, okay, guys, yeah. here is 30 seconds. So you remember all the hero names because at the agencies, they're not going to be going by the names you know them as. So try to remember yeah. and keep up with them. I, I literally yeah. think that was the reason why probably. And I think that was a good thing because like, even though we watch a lot of them. And if I spend enough time, I could probably tell you most hero names. But just off the top of my head, I just think Momo. I don't think Kreti. I don't think... I. Yeah, it's just kind of things like that. So 
I think that was good and definitely setting up the agency arc even more. And clearly everyone's going into agencies, which is fun. So I hope we kind of get more moments from others in class 1A. But obviously it's probably just going to be the big three considering they're going and working with Endeavor and the arcs called the Endeavor agency arc. Well, I mean, like we can get some like really good side stories because we kind of had some of those a little bit. Like I wanted to see what like um, Uraka was doing um, in her last like work study program like we got like a small snapshot like here and there but like yeah i i, I know i want to see like more of those storylines of what's going on with them and because everyone it's like now assigned right like it's not like an optional thing it's assigned everyone has to do it um you know i think it sets up for like doing the main endeavor arc and then all these side stories like on the side that they could jump around to that way there's like the a plot and like the b plots on the side yeah you could it like almost all, uh, opens up like the first opportunity for my hero to do filler if they wanted to right and oh, it, like yeah they could right like i and like i mean with the where the manga is at because it's like ages ahead there's tons of chapters out, so i don't think it's necessary but i think if they wanted to like they 100 percent could maybe try like different animators out you know stuff like that right like i think this is your this is your prime opportunity to do it because I mean, like watching watching an episode about Aoyama's, you know, his his uh, his work study might not be the most interesting thing, but like, I mean, I'm sure people would still want to to know how it goes. So but I, I think... mean, it, it could be good though. Like, this is the opportunity not only for filler, but like good filler. Like, it has yeah. like real substance behind it that could be used to like mm. build out some of the characters we don't hear from very often, as opposed to. They're like, oh man, uh, we, we, yeah, uh, it's summer. Let's have them go to the beach resort, and then they fight villains there. I guess you know. Yeah. It's, I, I think it's a good opportunity yeah. for like good filler. Yeah, it's like it's like ugh, relevant filler. I guess is what you, I don't know. I don't know how else to call it because it's like it's building out characters that you just don't get that much screen time usually, right? Yeah, yeah. it's like a it's like a glorified like OVA of where it's like actual yeah. like, good stuff. It's just in the form of kind of filler. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, that's a good I, idea. I would, I would, I would watch OVAs of like work studies and stuff like that. I, yeah, that'd be fun. I, I, I think that'd be actually really fun. That's actually a really great idea. And I be guess better than the last OVA we got. Jesus, I, I still, I still <laughs> never even watched it. I mean, you never review. will. I never yeah, watched it. Just don't. Um, yeah. I guess the last thing, kind of around hero names, we kind of jumped into work studies a little bit about that. But do we think the series will ever give Bakugo a hero name, or do you think one day he's just gonna give up and say, "I hey, hate." I'm Bakugo. I, I, I like that's the cop out I see. I see, I see them just being like, "Oh, it's Deku and it's Bakugo, right?" Like they're gonna, they're gonna do that bullshit. Or maybe like, he finally finds some. What if he goes someone... by Gachan? What if like he goes by that nick? Like, like I, I just, it's like super emotional, right? Like Deku's like on the ground, like dying or something, right? He's like need to fight on a little bit, and then like I don't know, in Bakugo steps out and he's just like, "I, I am, I am here. I'm Gachan or something," and it's like, oh. Pog, that's sick. Pog. <laughs> oh, god damn. I mean, like, maybe. I don't know. I think it's so weird because some characters feel like they absolutely need hero names. But, like, Bakugo is, like, 50-50. Like, I mean, I, I think a hero name would be, like, like an actual hero name would be kind of sick for him. But at the same time, it doesn't feel out of place for him to go by Bakugo or Kachan. And then or, all or Kachan or big like three, like, the big three of Class 1A all would just go by their names then, and I don't think that'll happen. Wait, no, that's not true. De Deku's... Shoto Deku. No, Deku's not his name, though. That's, like, it's a, a nickname. It's a nickname, yeah. Yeah. Well, Izuku Midoriya is his I name, Andrew. I know what his actual forget? name is, but... He it is might as well be his name. Like what? That's that's messed up, dude. You can't just you can't just do that. You can't just be like, sorry, man. You you're renamed because everybody literally calls you this. everyone in class calls him Deku. Yeah, 
That's his nickname, though. Yeah. And he's using his nickname as his hero name. Yeah. What's I, wrong with that? I think that's a stretch. But I, that's that's legitimately what's happening. I. It's not even a stretch. Okay. Either way, I'd be happy regardless of what what Bakugo goes. With, I as think long as it's not Lord, Lord Explosion murder. I think the whole you know setup. That, we got a new scene here with Best Genius about come back to me in your second term and tell me your hero name then or whatever. So I I, I think if it is going to happen, it, we have to find Best Genius first, and then that kind of moment happens there because they literally set that up like saying, hey. Like because they, that wasn't in the first time we saw them working together, was it? That was a new scene, right? And the exchange wasn't there. So I, I don't think, I don't think like, you put that in there yeah. without one best genius maybe being alive then, or maybe where, Bakugo finds him on as like his deathbed or something. It's like best genius before you die. My name is John. Yeah, where maybe. is best genius? Like we, I because you, you he talked should about still this be in, in the hospital. Well, no, like you talked about this in in the um in the re. Cap, but it said he was missing explicitly said he was missing yes but yeah. the last we knew at the billboard charts he was in uh he, yeah he was in the hospital and yeah, there like hasn't ICU. been much of a time jump since then i mean the dude almost died the endeavor like the, that whole little endeavor fight scene was all in one day and there hasn't been really a time jump between when endeavor fought the hyanomu and now has there I'm trying to think of like how many. I feel like that's a couple months. Yeah, I, I think it'd be like a week or two. No, we maybe gotta, no. no. It, there, there was a little bit of a jump because like Endeavor went into the hospital as well for a bit. For true. his injuries. yeah, that's also true. Yeah, they, yeah, they yeah. were light injuries, but it was at least a couple weeks. Yeah, but but even so, I mean, if someone's literally on their deathbed, it's not out of the ordinary for him to be in the hospital for a month or two, probably. But yeah, him being missing, I was like, I kind of think like, was that like the first time like. Did he has he always just been missing? But no, I kind of went back and looked. Yeah, this is kind of the first mention of him being missing, and maybe yeah, he, he, after his fight, after his fight for with All for One, he like went into ICU, and then basically that was like that was like the most definitive thing we got, and this is to now, and that was that was ages ago. That yeah. was ages ago when he went into the ICU. I got it. He's a traitor. What? I mean, he's missing. He he was a hero. He's missing. He was the one giving the league. We got a mention of the traitor, and we have a missing hero all in one episode. This is as bad as your takes for like Eri deserving being plus all. No, I, I, I'm, I'm, I, I'm not, I'm not subscribed to the idea, but I'll entertain it. No, don't entertain. Don't oh, feed into it. That, that's it. that's literally it. all I have is that the, the two were mentioned <laughs> the same effort. So that is my entire thread. It was I a heartfelt moment that Bakugo actually cares about his previous mentor because he was all bummed and sad about it. But instead. Bakugo has to kill his previous mentor. And as he's about to kill him, he says, my name is Kachan. I don't like this meme. I don't it like works. what's happening. We're doing so, We're doing Bakugo dirty like this, man. I know so, we're going to have uh, a lot of people upset about that. <laughs> I, I do also want to talk about the UA trader because that was brought up. Um, yeah, for no reason. It, which is, it, it, there was a reason. No, there there's was not. A reason. Just let they're, it they're die. Not, you're not gonna drop this. You're genuinely, Horikoshi being like, "Wait, wait, 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 hold up. We can slip this in here real quick, and then we don't have to talk about it again." It was. <laughs> He's like, "I forgot to, I forgot to mention it. Just slip it in. Give the people what they want." It was a completely unnecessary reference in the episode. Yeah. Well, no, I, I think, I think the reason why they did it is because the idea of a UA trader inherently implies it's one of the students that are doing it, right? And so 
you have this constant narrative of which student is it, which student is it, which student is it. And this was just put in here to eliminate that because it's like, you know, I, obviously people are going to pick out certain like certain students and kind of like put this against them. I always say it about like Hagakure or whatnot, like, oh, she has to be Hirei Trader or it has, otherwise, to be of course it has to be Yeah. And I think this was used to squelch all those of like, no, all, all everyone here is totally fine. Like you can trust the whole class. I think it now sets up that it's not one of the students rather than like, maybe it's a teacher, maybe it's someone using one of the students. It kind oh, of like, yeah. it, 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 it like eliminates the thought of it being like a deliberate traitor. Like, yeah. That's it. Like, I think, I think Dylan, you went into this hard in the, in the video you did about this, where like the UA trader and like the, the, the possibilities that it could be. And one of your takes was that it was, it's undeliberate, right? Like it's not, not somebody doing something intentionally. So go check yeah. that out if you want a massive breakdown on this this topic that was mentioned for like five seconds in this episode. And I think they have to do this though, um, as well, because at this point in the series, like all the characters are like for for uh for good or bad are like, you know, plastered all over posters, they're commodified. Like I I, I saw the other day like Hog Carry even had like a um like a figure out. Like it's it's literally nothing but like a stand that holds like the hands and feet. Um, which is very that's, funny um but yeah waste like every, of money but everyone is like at this point like heralded as like a like a main character in the show essentially and they can't just like well they could if horikoshi just went and like was like oh yeah kaminari is actually a bad guy i would think that was sick but i don't think that would go for what a pivot well. yeah <laughs> just like expelling someone from class a or b like they would never do that like the video you just yeah. put out but it does that everyone's too big at this point to really kind of do something like that which is also yeah probably why they just wrote off all the students because yeah it just it would make a group of fans mad and that's just never usually goes well and something like this especially when you're just changing how someone should feel about their characters without giving them a good reason just if one day you say oh Kaminari is a traitor like okay so all those emotions that up to that point like are kind of tainted and I just don't think they go over well so one yeah. last big thing I think we should kind of touch on before Dylan has his 30 seconds to convince me not to pick Eerie is it's kind of the general themes in hero society, how things are feeling that hero society in general seems to kind of be on the uptick despite this forced conscription pretty much of what was happening in this episode. People are seeing hero society in the best light ever. Dylan, I think you said you had a bit of a monologue or something like that around this topic. Yeah, I, I think there was two things to talk about here that we should just really underscore. So like the, the talk about like, hero society and how it's perceived by the public is always been like this shifting weird thing on like when all might was in place it was like he was he was literally the symbol of peace and things were fine and then when he uh you know lost his powers or whatnot like it, it was talked about a ton in the show of like who's gonna be the next symbol of peace how are we gonna you know piece together society now that he's gone and we even saw like a rise in villains like there was more villains they even talked about it this that there was just there's just more villains right now because all might's not around and it seems like things are looking good, but they say that in the same time as, you know, they, 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 Deku said at the beginning, the seeds of disaster were planted. And now that we, we find out that, uh, the, uh, the internships or the work studies are basically just used to mobilize the students. And it, it at the end of the episode, Deku says like, oh yeah, I didn't know at the time, but I just really wanted us to have like a Christmas again like this next year. Like they keep saying these weird things like throughout the episode that's like, is this really all for Shigaraki? Like what? what is going, yeah. like 
like there is something big happening um and something big is probably going to happen this season it's just a question of like what are they what are they foreshadowing here that could be so big that you would need to like mobilize all of hero society for it like even the students yeah they're they're, they're and they're not even trying to like subtly do it they're like they're they're taking a big scoop of foreshadowing and just layering it on like they want you to like know that something's going to happen right and it's at the same time they're super vague they just they just make it sound like it's going to be horrible right that you need to mobilize everyone so like yeah and it's I weird mean, too because I, go ahead sorry. i mean i i wasn't kind of joking when i said like forced conscription i mean they're bringing students and all able like this is setting up for war almost like you saw in the like the ua like when they came to involve uh, assault the usj or whatever they had hundreds of people with them then at that point at least 100 200 minor villains we haven't seen the League of Villains in two seasons now. We know Shigaraki behind the scene. They tried working with the Shihasaki. Like, the League of Villains, we haven't seen in a long time. They clearly have high-end Nomus now that we saw through Dobby, and that Dobby's kind of been missing, and even the League of Villains doesn't know exactly what they're doing. They're reaching out to the other organizations. They've already been able to kind of get a boost with the whole Stain arc. I mean, isn't, isn't that kind of what it feels like it's setting up for? that everything we've seen so far is they are so much stronger than what we believe. And now everyone's being sent out to the field and they're not being told everything. That sounds like a giant battle, a war, something like that. And again, the Christmas comedy said, well, obviously you, like, I hope we have Christmas next year. Well, obviously they're not going to have Christmas next year. Cause what happened? War. <laughs> well, I mean like it, even looking back at like the end of last season with Hawks and Endeavor on the, I think Hawks said like, it, it is an old wife. It, it was like an old wives tale or something that like there's all these like spottings of Nomu all across, across the country, Japan, yeah. which like that that's like another thing that feeds into this that it's like does that mean like the League of Villains now has like tendrils that reach all throughout Japan like in the time that we haven't seen them and they have Nomu everywhere and yeah, I I don't know it's a it, it, they definitely have all of these planted here and like the reason why I, I wanted to call it out is uh i was looking at the my hero twitter and and they specifically made a clip of that beginning part and it's just like you know the eye emoji like looking whatever and it's like okay oh th this is definitely something yeah yeah you can't like what are you gonna do with that right like <laughs> and even we didn't talk too much about well even in the trailer i mean we start it, it even gets more kind of gloomy for the new upcoming arc um at the, like the last 10 20 seconds they kind of even get gloomy there a little bit too, showing a couple new faces. And again, kind of talk about seeds or that something's coming and all that. And I just don't think it's a coincidence that everyone's being sent out in the field, getting one chance to train while also setting up something really big is about to happen. Just kind of putting together pieces. Obviously, some kind of big battle has to happen here. And I'm excited for it. I'm here for it. I mean... Yeah. We're, we, it's time for a serious arc. We got the fun arc. We saw all everyone in class one all be. They're all at the same level. They're all skilled. They're all doing very well in their own light. So we have one thing. Really one much. final thing. One final thing I want to kind of touch on with the and Dylan. I kind of thought about this like while you were talking about how it used to be All Might and you know he was the symbol of peace, right? I think with Endeavor being the number one hero, the tone has changed, but it hasn't changed in like oh we doubt him or anything like that. It's just the the how the how the uh, the piece is kept is the the tone has changed. It's yeah. not because there's this all powerful figure at the top. It's 
like almost like it's almost like power is more appreciated now because of maybe how Endeavor kind of conducts himself and stuff like that. Like having people trying and busting their ass and, you know, just like, you know, exuding as much strength as you can. That is kind of playing into what's keeping the peace as well. Right. But I think it's also playing into whatever this big ass disaster is, too, is you have all these people training up, training up, training up. Right. So. I don't know. It's gonna be. I think we're. I think we're getting strapped in for a real wacky ride. <laughs> real soon, but... I. I mean, what we kind of heard coming into this season. I think we even talked about a little bit that we we knew there's going to be three big arcs here. We've gone through the joint training. We know Endeavor's last. So I think by the end of the season, we're at least going to get a tease, kind of like how last uh, season it kind of ended with the Nomu fight, but still kind of continued a little bit over into season five. I think towards the end of season five this whatever these seeds are being sold they've talked way too much about it now i think the last five six episodes are going to set something up big and i think season six is going to kind of be the disaster of it all because the league of villains hasn't been a big threat recently and i don't think there's gonna be enough episodes left this season we're already halfway through the season and if we're gonna have a dever arc for at least six episodes let's say whatever this big thing is going to be set up is probably going to be next season full out because yeah, just thinking yeah. episode wise and kind of metagaming it a little bit. An arc is six episodes at a minimum usually. So that would take us I mean, episode unless 19. they do half and half, like whatever this is, like I could totally see I, I know that's not in the style of my hero, but like other shows have done that of where you have something big happen and it just takes up half an arc and they're like, All right, good luck. We'll 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 see you in a couple of months. We'll see you in a year. Yeah, um yeah. I mean it could have I don't want it to happen because that would kind of suck. Um, but it could always happen. Yeah. But you see in sports anime all the time, they like they go from one match to another and it's all in the same tournament man yeah. it's kind of you can draw the parallel i'm excited for it though so dylan just because again pretty light episode we're gonna change up how we're kind of doing plus ultra today i, I want to make a bet i want to uh-huh. have a like debate off here i want to give you like 30 seconds a minute to convince me why i shouldn't pick Erie. then i'm going to take like 30 seconds a minute to convince you while you should pick Erie. And then if you have a better argument, I'll pick someone else. If I have a better argument, you two have to agree to pick Erie. Uh, sure. Sure. Okay. Wait, so I have to convince you to not pick Erie. Yes. And then I'm James, not involved. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to be an unbiased judge here and pick the better sure. argument. Yeah, you Look at the, the judge. You, yeah, yeah. James can <laughs> be the judge. This no, we judge. Didn't, yeah, we need an unbiased here. But Dylan, <laughs> who? You can either go of who else deserves it more or just why Eerie doesn't deserve it. You can take whatever approach you want. Just plus ultra me. Do so, you want me to start the clock? No. no we, so, I so, give plus, time. so plus ultra is about going above and beyond. That is literally the definition of plus ultra. Yeah. We see this when characters dig deep within themselves and pull something that, that we've never seen before. Something that blows our minds. Eerie is just the 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 cute character that shows up and she does stuff and we're like, haha, look at Eerie. She's she's so naive and cute and young. It's cool. But how is that plus ultra? I ask you, how is Eerie plus ultra? It just nothing about her exudes it until the moment of where she can control her quirk and she can go beyond there. But right now, she's not doing anything special. She's just a kid doing kid stuff. That's all I got. That's all I got. So the definition of going plus ultra is going beyond being prepared for any situation. And as we learned, this lady, this little beautiful girl just learned how to read last week. And now this week she knows every single holiday 
is prepared for every single holiday all at once and still looking absolutely adorable and being the light of a party. And who else are you going to give it to? Todoroki for his mediocre performance on the interviews? Bakugo for literally getting cut from an interview for being so bad? Deku for putting out two inches? Come on, guys. There is not very good options here for Plus Ultra. And Eerie went above and beyond by learning every holiday and being prepared for them. And I have to now weigh in on this. So, Dylan, understandable. It's a kid doing kid stuff, right? Nothing crazy. Andrew, compelling argument. I will give you that. But preparedness is not a check in the box for Plus Ultra. It is not. I, plus, plus, now, now that being said, if she if Erie came through with a bomb ass Christmas setup and everything other than looking adorable, which I'll admit she was, I, you know what? If she distributed the hats with the little cute little things on it for each character, 100% plus ultra, 100%, because that's going above and beyond. But she just looked at a calendar and prepared for the stuff there. Preparedness does not constitute the plus ultra. She prepared for I get, all the wrong holidays, too. And she did. That means she's dumb because she's a kid. Yeah, Dylan idiot. Gets it. Dylan gets it. This is bullshit. Who the but who very the compelling hell are your plus ultra? Who's who's your plus ultra then? Who's mine? Yes, my lady. Oh my god! One of the god. best PR teachers I was not ready for. Let's go. Yes, Mount Lady. Yeah, have to, dude. Have to because up until now we have like only really seen that Mount Lady is has good combat prowess, is incredibly vain, and you know just knows how to work herself in front of the camera as well as just absolutely manipulating Mineta. Um, but she also is incredibly good at knowing how to interact with the media, which I think is pretty impressive. And I think she went above and beyond as a teacher, as a film teacher. She shows up absolute smoke show. It traumatizes Mineta. Love, love that. And <laughs> gives great advice to all the students. Easy yeah. money. It's a lot better than some painted eggs and, screwed up a calendar yeah i said yeah, i'd pick kid. someone else but i didn't say i was gonna agree with you two my backup will you... be all might he is putting in the time and the research to learn every quirk of all the previous holders right now he has a whole hero notebook there right now saying he hasn't been sleeping recently and an episode ago he said i don't know anything about the previous holders and now he has a notebook with all of the quirks of all the previous holders that are going to help deku learn all of these quirks that he has to master eventually I think that's better than a PR teacher. This is actually going to save PR Deku. We've seen how valuable a PR teacher is said, in today's universe. Yeah, but they also said that with three of them. They're just going to teach him how to avoid PR. No, they didn't. No, they didn't because they For said Deku, he needs they to are. learn. No, for no, Deku. Oh, Deku, Deku, they might because he's just an idiot. But <laughs> Well, no, you just have to get him talking about All Might and he's fine. He's good. But it's all good right. Comments, listeners, please come to my rescue here and just give me the eerie argument at least. Let me know if you think James was an un was a biased moderator and that I should have got the option based on the argument because I believe so. That was a great A debate there. And I think Dylan's reasoning was weak. But nonetheless, we all had our votes for this week. We'll continue to tally it up. Erie has one less vote, uh, three less votes, unfortunately. But I'll have more time to convince you two. Don't worry. This is not the last time you will hear from me and Erie. But thank you all so much for watching listening all that to this week's episode of a class one night podcast i hope you guys enjoyed it as much as we did it was actually a little bit of a longer episode but it was really fun to talk about all kinds of things and a bunch of stuff that's gonna be coming up in the anime so we cannot wait to dive in that with you each and every week 
So have a great weekend and we will see you all next Saturday for episode 14 and a brand new opener, closer and arc. See you guys then.